0: Again on and magic of the internet comes alive. Hello, you're welcome. You're listening to Thoughtless Casual Gaming with Brett and Chase. I am Brett. I am not Brett. Excellent. Uh, Introductions done. We are a Geelong based gaming podcast where we're gonna play some games really badly and then talk crap about them. So Probably worse. Excellent. Yeah. Welcome aboard. This is episode Four. Four. My God. Holy I was about hell. to say three. No, four, absolutely. So you'd think we'd be pros by now. And all right. No, nah, <laughs> not the case. Not the case at all. Um so just to start us off, let's have a listen and
1: um Well they will listen because will we're gonna talk to so somebody <laughs> as inherently a an audio medium. Mm-hmm. Um
0: let's uh chat about hobby.
1: Yes um hobby things so oh, what have i done i finally finished that goddamn piece for the uh yep. so the throw the dice um competition thing event that they put together for um bit of a painting uh you know iso painting kind of uh inspiration. Uh the theme being from the darkness. So basically and this is the bit I thought was really cool. It was like I don't care what the size is, I don't care what you the models are, I don't care what the range is, I don't care what the just make it about this moment right before death. Like give us give us the ambience, give us the story, give us give us the background. We want to be able to look at this whatever you create and put in and know what's happening and and get the story. And kind of completely, not off topic, but the piece that when I first heard about it that I really thought of was a really old Golden Demon entry by Victoria Lamb that I highly recommend everyone have a look at. Um, But it's basically uh, an Imperial Guard. It was in the Jewel category um, in the Golden Demon back in the day. And it's this Imperial Guard guy and he's standing there and he's looking at his little specs radar and there's this terrified look on his face and I'm not sure how she did it, I'm assuming she re-sculpted his face or something and then above him in the kind of shadows, kind of camouflaged in was this um Tyranid Lictor
0: uh, Yes, I think I've seen that one actually it's, it's, I assume
1: everyone's there, it's super famous but apparently and I only have hearsay and innuendo to go off but apparently that year it didn't win the duel category. I actually think it was disqualified because it didn't show two models in equal combat. Like it was kind of this, that's not the idea, it's not a duel. That being said, it's one of the most thematic pieces of um, hobby that I've seen forever ago. And that was the piece that really sprung to mind. So I didn't do anything like that. Um,
0: (laughs) but, But it inspired you
1: yeah it was like when he when he said the 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 theme and this is kind of the idea that was the immediate piece that came to mind, I went, all right, I see where you're going with this. This is a cool idea um, so I finally finished the piece I did in a lot less time than I was intending on putting into it um but effectively um the other thing it let me do was create um just try different models that I've never tried painting before, so I bought a couple of infinity models mm-hmm. which Look, they're super nice. They're super easy to paint, but they're almost that not heroic scale. They're like that true scale, 30 mil. Yep. Um, so everything's that little bit finer. The saving grace. All right. The other downside is they're metal. Fuck working with metal.
0: We all know how much you like.
1: Uh, Oh my God. It's just a pain in the, anyway, um, so, that's a downside, but, you know, apparently they make some other stuff in not metal. Um, but some companies that do models in that scale, uh, night models, I'm looking at you specifically, um, the detail is really shallow. it really, you're kind of going, oh, is, is that, that where the, the line is? Is that what's going on? Is that where the eyes are? These are super crisp. So, for smaller models that are slightly finer detail, they're actually really nice to paint. Um, So, as I said, the the first piece was, all right, let's do something with some models that I've never um, painted before. Something in a different theme. I don't do a lot of sci-fi stuff, to be honest. Um, And then the other half of that, um, so I bought those couple of models. And then for a Kris Kringle secret Sandery type deal, last year, one of the guys, um, Phil, got me. He'd been over to Japan, Mm -hmm. and he got um, one of the Gundam kits Um, my God, that was a a mind bender (laughs) (laughs) because of course I opened the instructions. None of that's in English. Um, and it's about a thousand different parts and the things bloody poseable and movable and all kinds of fun. Um, so it gave me a really good excuse to bust that out and put it together and try something different as well. got right to the end, um, and running out of time and I decided the best way to do this was to have him old school destroyed. So we bust out the weathering powders and he got some rust on him and Mm. I hacked him up a little bit and I'm not sure whether, um, Phil's going to hate me for that, but I enjoyed it. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) um, so in the end I've got sort of a figure sitting there on like an ammo case or something, um, and hiding up in the shadows in some other corner of the the display board I did, um, a guy with a rocket launcher and this big Gundam kit kind of wrecked behind them. Which was kind of the idea. Um, but that was kinda of done yeah, in I, I had plans to spend, you know, months on this thing and then I realized, you know, it was next week
0: yeah. and I hadn't done anything and we were there. So I think we talked about it last podcast as well, and you were like, Oh, I should start that. Yeah.
1: So I did. Yep.
0: Um, but yeah,
1: infinitely less time than I would have liked to, to spend. Um the the upside to that was I discovered that for a display board. Um, of various sizes Um, for something like this I just found an old picture frame okay and I ripped the bit that makes it stand up off the back so it would sit flush on the ground Um, and then I just marked out where sort of the edges of the frame encroached on the base and then I pulled that off and just built the whole thing on the base and then slumped the frame over the top and you've got something that looks semi-intentional if no, if nothing else, because um, that's always the hardest bit. I find like like you can try and build it from scratch, but then you need to be good at building stuff and, and making it look finished. I can build stuff and make it look ruined or wrecked and, or diseased or something, but making it look intentionally finished and that kind of, you know, production of a picture frame that something professionally made is infinitely greater than whatever I would produce. Um, so I did that. That was fun. That's now in the store. Uh, For anyone that's going in, feel free to go in and have a look in that and the other entries of which I've seen at least one other. And there's some pretty cool stuff in there.
0: I have checked them out. I checked them out yesterday. And, yeah, very impressive.
1: Um, So, yeah, there's some fun stuff in there. And then I remembered that I also had a bunch of terrain in there from Throw the Dice um, that I said I would at least base coat. Um, with the airbrush, so we had some more terrain in store that I'd forgotten about. So I've been frantically um, painting some terrain to hopefully get that ready for an event he's got coming up at the start of next month. Excellent. And that's me.
0: Well, that's fairly impressive. It's big stuff. Terrain is big stuff. I don't know. I've never really tried to paint too much terrain, so... It's kind of fun because you don't have to be careful. Gotcha. So, a bit more slapdash sort of yeah, thing. Yeah.
1: And, it's, you know, if you spent too much care and you made it look too shiny, you'd, you'd detract from the models. Yes. So, it's it's in everyone's best interest to take a step back. You know, that three foot rule you play for models, like this is a six, ten foot rule. <laughs> Go hard.
0: Outside of the room. Well, myself, uh, what happened here was this household got hit by the corona issue last week. So Tuesday, my wife calls me. I've been at work for 45 minutes. She says we have to take our daughter and get tested. So I didn't get results back until Saturday. Of course, we're all fine. No problems. But that was you know, four days, five days, stuck at home, not being able to go anywhere. So the hobby geeky side of things really got cranked up a notch, which was nice. Especially because I wasn't you know, getting up too early in the morning to take the kids to school or go to work myself. Um, I had to still get up when the kids got up, which is not usually that late anyway. But uh, we did get a few things done. So I think I've been talking about uh, Black Flag, Assassin's Creed, finally finished that. That's all done and dusted. Um, and I decided to start another game.
1: Finished? I'm confused, but anyway, yep, yeah, continue.
0: Well, look, I, ha- I didn't go and collect every single collectible, but the storyline's all done. I fully upgraded the pirate ship. I did all of that sort of stuff. So happy with, with the amount of stuff that I've got achieved in that game. I did start another game. I started Crackdown 3, which is a bit of a sort of silly you know, full of humour, up mm-hmm. uh, So I started that and finished that. So <laughs> running out of things to do. So I have been working on going my way through Battlestar. So I am now just slightly into Season 3, so I finished Season 2 off. But watching that made me have plenty of time for doing other things. I've seen it that many times, so I was doing a lot of painting. So I've been working on these Legion stormtroopers, and I managed to get through, since we last recorded, which was about two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. 14 stormtroopers, seven scout troopers, two scouts on uh, speeder bikes, so that gives me pretty much three full squads of normal stormtroopers, Uh, full squad of scout troopers and pretty much all my legion stuff is now painted apart from Boba Fett who I still have to just work out how I'm going to base so that was a fair effort I also finished off those three elves for Underworlds. so that wood elf four person team, that's all done and dusted Uh, so really happy there and I I can move on to something else that I've had sitting there for a while Um, I also managed to get Marlena's hair so the hair and the ribbon is all put together she's sitting there I'm I'm getting a base delivered for her so she'll wait for the base uh, base delivered as in like a resin base yeah just to match the rest of the guys that I've got even though she's not Neverborn like the rest of them I thought I'll just get her the same base yep did manage to pick up the Neverborn book which we talked about in episode 2 so I got my hands on that so that's nice and pretty and shiny And I grabbed some grass tufts from Throw the Dice to put on all the uh, Stormtrooper bases, So that's nice and easy basing, but it still looks quite good. And Underworld uh, for Blood Bowl. So they released the new Spike magazine and the new Underworld slash... Old World Alliance, is it? Oh, yes. Yeah, the the, yeah, the good
1: mix team. The good mix team, which I don't nobody's care for.
0: really heard too much about. And no. I don't think too many people are seriously consider it But I got the pitch for that. So, so all in all, really... Well, oh, I, absolute fiend. <laughs> well, it helps not having to work and, and you know, having that time when I'm stuck at home. I don't have much else to do. In the evenings, you know, we'd, my wife and I had finished the show that we were watching together, which was uh, War of the Worlds, and we had plenty of time on our hands, and I was determined to get these stormtroopers done, but even then, I didn't think I'd get through as many as I did. And I killed it. I mean, the bike troopers, I I think I knocked, off, off, knocked over the troopers in one night, and then I thought I'd start the bikes the next night, and I'd finished them that night and quite happy with how they turned out. So, Yeah. Damn. And that's my hobby update. All right. It's probably the biggest one you'll get for a while.
1: (laughs) So I think the lesson's out of here, though, is don't get Rona, but get tested and have to isolate if you want to get some stuff done. Well, Um,
0: there's the stuff getting done, which is a tick, so bonus for that. There's the... Being a casual and not having yeah. any income come in, we'll, we'll wait and see what, Look, you, how you, that affects me next you, week. You
1: weigh out the pros and cons, right? But um, You've got enough of a backlog there, it'll be fine. I do, uh-huh. I
0: do. It's it's quite possible that we'll be stuck at home not be able to do anything just because we don't have money next week. So, Everybody yeah, in wins. In which case, more models.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I need a project to sink my teeth into. I've done a lot of just bits and shits, kind of painting, and mm. then as I was talking to, to Rich when I dropped the entry and for his thing, I'm like, he had a deadline and yep. that's kind of what got me doing something. Got you now I, the line, yeah. Now I don't have a deadline for anything, so I just...
0: Yeah, we can talk about that.
1: I just kind of have been twiddling my thumbs going, oh, I could do this, I could do that, or I could just not. And, yeah, so I, deadlines are a wonderful thing when it comes to getting a hobby done. Um, and... As far as actual material, I think, you know, you touched on it before, the the little grass tufts. Let's just, can we just reflect on those for two seconds?
0: I bought a pack of them ages ago and just sort of vaguely been using them, but now I've got like three different colours. Yeah. And yeah.
1: They were an absolute, when, I don't know when they came out, I don't know when they appeared, um, but because before then it was just, you know, you had your little flock or your static grass tubs and you kind of just sprinkled over and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then somebody worked out that they could prepackage, you know, static grass tufts. That was a
0: game changer. Yep. And I love the ones where they're all different shapes and sizes. And yeah, yeah you don't have to have the same grass tuft on every model.
1: No. And you can mix them up and like, cause I tend to get carried away with hobby things. So I've got, you know, the the live ones and the spring ones and the autumn ones, the ones with flowers and ones with leaves and, you know, you get a little bit silly with them and you mix them all up. And yeah, they, they are my all time favorite (laughs) basing thing just because it takes so much of the effort and thought out of, but gives you still so much of
0: the result. It's, they're a great one. Well, the stormtroopers that I did, I've got three different squads and each one of them, I just based them differently. I didn't want to, Paint them differently. I wanted them all to seem sort of cohesive. But the bases, I did like just a different texture paint mm-hmm. on each of the three squads. But chucking that little grass tuft on, just sort of, and especially if I'd done two different texture bases, um, putting that grass tuft in the middle of it just sort of made it flow yeah. together as well. And
1: it's probably, like, it was an interesting approach because, you know, it, in a lot of instances, you'll see people who do squads in an army for, and there'll be a different shoulder pad marking or that, mm. a, different, a different something. But generally, the basing throughout the army is consistent. That's kind of what ties it together. And you've taken the flip side of that I and you've have. gone, I'm going to paint everything the same because they're stormtroopers. They, they all, all look, look the, the same. Bloody same. Like, you shouldn't be able to tell one apart. Um, but then the basing... Because you've kind of got this, the the lighter sand and then the darker muddy one, and then on some of them you've kind of mixed it. it they still look like they're walking through the same place, and
0: that's. I kept that. The, there's one consistent texture paint through about all of them, yeah. and then there's just three slightly different ones. Yeah. So you got your sort of your dark, your light, and you're in the middle, and that's. I mean. I initially thought that maybe just looking at them might not, might not be that obvious. Yeah. But I think... No, it's pretty clear. Yeah. I think it worked out well. And yeah, the main reason for that, for me, was I didn't want to draw like a, a paint of a red line down the side of one squad's helmet because I can't do that. I'm not going to get it straight. I'm going to fuck up everything I've already done. <laughs> um, and... Why not just do bases, do something that's relatively easy, and that way I can tell. Yeah. No, it, it definitely works. So, yay, hobby stuff. Um, So, we played a game. We also did play a game. Yeah.
1: And we've done so much in the last couple of weeks. I know.
0: I mean, we almost recorded this almost a week ago, but yeah. then Rona. Yeah. They, Philly test. Um, and
1: you know, I was not trying to work out how to record via Discord. No, or, no, no, no,
0: no, we're not doing. I mean, we live five minutes walk away from each other. There's no point in trying to do that via Skype or something. So, yeah, last Saturday, so not this weekend that's just gone, the one before that, we played Dungeons and
1: Dragons. And all right, now we're really nerdy. Yeah, you're a We've properly descended into the the circle of hell reserved for that. That um, No, I, I take the piss. Um, but it is it is funny, I think, how, you know, war gamers mm-hmm. versus board gamers versus video gamers versus
0: role players. Mm-hmm. There, there
1: is, in a lot of instances still, a degree of separation between a lot of them. And, you know, fuck that.
0: D d does have a bit of a stigma. I mean, but it was the first thing, really. Yeah. It's been around for God knows how long. Um, you know, my grandmother gave me a set when I was, what, eight, I think, and that's, that's a while ago. So it's been around forever, but it's still, in some circles, I think it still has a bit of a you know, do-not-touch sign attached to it for, yeah. for some people, which is fine. No no worries, whatever you want to do.
1: You but elitist prick.
0: <laughs> D&D and role-playing in general, like, it's a different different feel to wargaming it's you're using your mind you're you know you're trying to with the help of a, a dungeon master a games master or whatever you want to call it you're trying to tell a story and you're trying to give your input he's trying to you know direct the input um they uh role playing games have definitely have a place in a time i've done mm-hmm. a lot of them in my history I obviously started with D&D, but I've gone through, just to name a few, Star Wars, Vampire, uh, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. I loved that as a kid. Uh, Did the Malifaux uh, RPG for a couple of sessions. Uh, I did one called Deadlands, which I don't know, have you heard of Deadlands? No, I didn't. So Deadlands, I I did a little bit of research because I was actually surprised that there wasn't a real connection between Deadlands and Malifaux. Mhm. Because it's basically Wild West steampunk. Oh, okay. And you generate your character using cards. Oh, Alright. So there's there's we're the definite, same game. Yep. <laughs> definite um comparison. So I used to I remember really loving that game for some reason and I think it was the cards aspect and it just hit me a couple of days ago. I'm like, Deadlands used to cards as well. So uh, played that a bit. Um, Shadowrun, pretty much, you know, probably, probably t- tried a couple of, you know, various different genres and formats and things like that. But they all have that sort of similar vibe. It's you are creating a character, trying to tell your part of a story with the help of X amount of people. hmm So...
1: Yeah, and so, I mean, my history is, you know, D&D was kind of the, the first... You know, it came before all others, um, you know, back in, I think that was probably high school and mm-hmm. probably not even senior high school, um, you know, starting off there and then I kind of dabbled off and on. So, yeah, a little bit of Vampire, mm-hmm. um, a little bit of Through the Breach, yep. but it's always been this kind of secondary. I think my, my biggest thing with role-playing games is the time commitment Mm-hmm. required by everybody involved and I mean yes there's still a time commitment to a lot of wargaming and model and tabletop games and stuff like that but you can kind of duck in and out as life permits whereas mm-hmm. I feel like you know to to really get into a, a role playing game and to get the most out of it you need that regular commitment from everyone involved yeah. where you can lock away a Thursday evening or whatever it is.
0: Because like I said I mean you're telling a story and if you don't take part in that story for a while. I mean, it's like reading half a book and leaving a book on your bedside table for a while. When you come back to it, you're not going to remember half of what's going on. So there is definitely that commitment to getting regular sessions in, making sure that as many people as possible in your little group are attending as many Mm -hmm. as possible of the sessions.
1: I think the other half that um, really shows with role-playing games is the experience of the players mm-hmm. is is a massive piece and i think you know if you as a relatively and i would still consider myself a very new player mm-hmm. to to role playing games um you know to to move into a, a a game that was established with experienced players is a pretty daunting thing where they are already sort of moving at a certain pace and operating at a certain level um but also finding a group at a similar level, who's got someone experienced enough, or at least willing to put the time and effort into to be that dungeon master or whatever the you know um, the person, but to actually run the show, yep. um, that's a massive ask of someone to do as well. Absolutely, um,
0: like, and, I've I've done it in the past, but it's definitely not my preference.
1: Mm, it's a shit ton of work. Yeah, um, and I'm lazy at the best of times, so. No, I passed. No, I, I feel like I'd be pretty bad at it too, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so to find someone experienced enough to do it so it works for everyone and it's fun for everyone, willing to put the time in, but also at a group that's at a very similar level to you. So, you not know, it's, you know, it, I think it is actually a tough thing
0: to get into until you just dive in and get yep. to go. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't think we'll go too much in depth about what, you know, what our storyline was or know, who we were playing with or anything like that, I think what we're going to chat about tonight is just sort of a general role-playing type conversation about what's good, what's not. But, uh, I mean, it's been years, really, since I uh, properly established myself in any sort of role-playing team Mm -hmm. or group, or um, there's been the odd session on and off, but it's probably been a good 10 years for me, so... Diving back into it, I obviously remembered a, quite a bit of it, but that comfort zone is still yep. coming to me and, and there's
1: also a thing like with with the role playing game because effectively you take on a character that you create that you invest some time in to work out you know this is this is the person that I want to represent in the story, and this mm-hmm. is how they would react and it's this really you know it is this really almost improvisation type thing that you're doing here Um, so it gives you an opportunity to go All right, well in this situation me as a person would react because I'm totally going to be faced with you know three ogres and a dragon Um, but someone else with a different set of experience and a different set of values and stuff would react differently and it gives you a chance to experience that and start, start just playing with what that would mean but for that character to really start forming and for you to start working out all those kind of things, it also takes a a fairly decent chunk of time. Yep. Again, unless you're very good at this and you've done it a thousand times and you you kind of, it's your jam. But, um, so I feel like it does need that consistent. Like if you just jump in and have a game and then jump out and then create another character and stuff, you never really get the real, the the nuts and the the
0: depth of it. There's different flavours. So you can, you can... Dive in, have a bit of a game, and, and obviously get that first taste. But as you delve further into it, you're going to get more and more experiences out of the, out of the same thing, basically. Um, so we we had a session. This was via Discord mm-hmm. uh, with a good couple of mates, and we had a rather eccentric group of characters, <laughs> didn't we? Yeah, and like,
1: so let's talk about and depending on the group and depending on the people, you're in, all that kind of fun, right? In a lot of instances with these games, you need, there's this kind of set formula that you need, All right, If we are going to be a group that's adventuring through, and we're playing Dungeons & Dragons, so we'll talk fantasy just to keep the, mm. the analogies really easy, right? Um, there's some pretty standard kind of, archetypes that you'd expect in this situation that we're probably going to have to fight someone so having someone that can do some fighting is probably good yes. um, we're going to probably get injured in that fight so having someone who could heal us from and you kind of have these standard things and so in a lot of cases when you're forming this group and you're creating a game and stuff you have these kind of conversations outside the game going right well we kind of need these things who wants to take on X yep. role we did not do that No, and I assume that and having conversations with much more experienced DMs that play you know games a lot more regularly, they prefer a group to go away individually, create a character in isolation, and the, those characters come together and they have to work out how to solve the problems they're presented with with the tools at their disposal. I can't speak for everybody there because I don't necessarily know everyone that well who or their their sort of you know role play experience. I, I am not that level of player. So all of the problems are a nail. Therefore, I am a hammer. But um
0: What we, sort of hammer you are is totally dependent com- on the scenario.
1: Completely ineffectual. Um, <laughs> so so what had happened is we had gone out in isolation and just created a random character that we felt would be fun. Um, and then we smushed them all together and we moved along.
0: I did have a chat with the the DM and said, right, you know, what do we need? What... And, you know is there any sort of character I should be leaning towards and he downright you know shot me down he's like no nope, no metagaming. gaming we you know just create what you want which is great but obviously you know for for beginners uh, might that that out of the box thinking that you need to do is something that we're going to develop not that we're going to have straight away
1: that being said, it does make for some fun situations where you have to pull some random ideas out um, and and have a relatively forgiving DM um, who is willing to roll with some of those crazy ideas yep. that you've got. So that is the other half of the fun of it. Is It is this problem-solving situation. It's like, you know, I need to get from A to B, but, you know, I've only got these set of tools or these abilities that I can use. How can we best use them then because it is a free-form situation, there's no real, you can do that, you can't do that until you say, I, you know, do something that the DM goes, no, that's mm. not something that your character can do, so stop it. Um, so, you know, th- there's a set of boundaries, but they are by grants more than anything else. Mm.
0: They're very flexible. So... <laughs> um so what did we have? We had, I mean, probably the most fighting one of us was we had a, a kobold ranger. Yeah. Uh, which was, you know, we didn't have any sort of barbarian fighters or anything like that. We had a, a ranger. Yeah. Which is great for ranged stuff.
1: And look, depending on what you do with them, um, the, you know, I remember going through the original boulders gate with a ranger who was basically just a fighter, mm-hmm. um, that got to talk to animals occasionally. Um, so you know, that's fine, and we're all level ones. we're all pretty much not good at the thing we're supposed to be good no, at anyway. I mean, so,
0: yeah, rolling dice and failing a lot of times. That
1: was that was it. So, we had we had a punchy character in that regard. Yes. Um,
0: well, we, what else did we have? We had a. a I've got written down here because I don't actually know what class he was, but he was a high halfling. So he was a uh,
1: oh yeah no he, like and he was and the, the healing. one. A lot. yeah
0: he, he, he healed a bit. I don't know what he was or how he did it, but he yeah, he was doing a lot of uh, smoking <laughs> he, let's say
1: He was very much on a, uh, a quest for uh, freedom of choice yes. and,
0: <laughs> and I loved the character the thought that went into this so it was you know it wasn't grab a class, grab a uh, race. And let's go with it. This was something else, but I don't actually know what class he was. I think Chase is just looking I'm it up. Going to see if I can find it while we go. Um, we had another another class, which is a blood. It was a blood something. Was it blood elf? Blood sworn. I don't know. Um, so you, he seemed to do a bit of fighting too. Uh, and then we had two wizardy types.
1: Yeah. So you were playing wizard.
0: So I was playing a high elf wizard named Gertrude Perkins, and if anyone can name where that written, that reference is from, uh, props to you. It, um, <laughs> there's no there's no actual
1: reward here. No actual
0: reward. You know, when I'm not going to you know send anything out or anything like that. But um, I've always liked the name ever since I heard it, and I think I had my Facebook name as Gertrude Perkins for quite some time. <laughs> I think it was actually Gertrude Perkins when my daughter was born, which leads to some strange Facebook memories where people are still calling me Gertrude. But anyway, <laughs> um, and then there was you, Jase.
1: Yes, there was. So I, in my absolute wisdom, and th- this came from some some previous experience, but I decided to play a gnome uh, illusionist. Mm-hmm. So he's a gnome sorcerer. Um, who was I uh, basically said I'm only taking illusiony things, um, and also he can get a him as a little kid just to to mess with people. <laughs> um, so he was called Youngin because I was super creative in that time. But Youngin, <laughs> youngin Waffle stomp. Um and he was my little kid gnome illusionist. Just because I had this this great idea of how a, so you know a, a younger kid or a you know a child would experience some of these situations just the reactions would be different Mm -hmm. um you're not making the assumption that everyone's out to kill you all the time because you've still got this element of trust which could create some fun situations um these these are the ideas that played through my head as I, i created this um and also the idea that like it would be a fun character to travel with because you are constantly just coming up with stuff because you're bored, so you're probably gonna, you know, mess with the other guys and try and play tricks on them and do other stuff. Like, and an illusion illusionist kind of fit that character as well. So this kind of you know mischievous little can you character. Thought this through. Look, I thought it'd be fun, um, basically to fuck with the other people who were playing. And when I worked out the Discord had a whisper function to the GM. Oh, does it? Yeah, so you can whisper to the GM directly. Um, Which means that you can start doing stuff that the other players don't know what's going on. Didn't really get to that stage. Um, But uh, yeah, so this was, this was the concept and this is kind of what I liked. And I think part of what I liked about the idea and what I've liked about a lot of the ideas role-playing previously was um, those characters like it'd be really easy just to run in and punch things and and yay, we we kill the monster yay. But, but some of those sort of supporting characters are those ones that don't seem massively um like impactful on the game and how you can do those you know, the last time, the last session that we played I was a bard because, you know, what a joke. Um but also that kind of fun. And he, you know, this dwarven bard who had bagpipes because that was, you know, the instrument of choice at the time. <laughs> um yeah, you know, this concept um really you know gave me the giggles. Um, so similar kind of
0: concept. It's really that that character development too, like that may take a little bit, but having those initial ideas of what your character, how he's going to react, what he's going to be like, um, and what sort of odd
1: yeah, you issues You need some quirks, have, right? Right. I think if you know if the character that you've got is absolutely perfect in every way.
0: It's It's going to be boring
1: kind of vanilla, yeah Yeah,
0: it's going to be the same as every other game Whereas, I mean, I still remember from years and years and years ago And I won't go into too much depth about this But I remember a and d character that I had who was a fighter Some sort of fighter, I think he was a barbarian Who used to carry around an apple corer And this apple corer was used after every big fight And (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that But that little, and yeah, I was young Give me a break, but that little characteristic, that that quirk, that nobody else had or had even thought about, and that you know, repulsed every player that I was playing with at the time when it first happened, let alone every other time it happened. But it's the first one, the first one, right? Right? First one that it's, it's that it sets them apart. So with Gertrude, I have not worked out you know what really is her purpose yet, what her I mean, she's gonna be naive, she's gonna be dumb, because remember you,
1: you you were the one that was always oh no, that's the right thing to do, therefore you must do it. This yes, is, this is super yeah. <laughs>
0: she has she has a a set, not alignment per se, but she has a set value focus. so that's how I started anyway with her. and you know as as we go along as we get more practice with these characters, obviously we're gonna get more in depth. we're gonna work these things out. But it's great to have such an idea in your head at the very start, Jace, where you've got that, you know, even in the name. I mean, my name was straight from, from pop culture, but um, having your name be part of the characteristics was fantastic. I, I don't think your picture matched, did he?
1: No, um, and that was, I'm pretty sure, you know, we just found something mm-hmm in the minute so there was some confusion at the start especially because um you know and this is the joy about playing in you know a rona world we we're on discord so mm. mike wasn't working for a little bit and some technology issues like there was all that stuff going on as well so it took us for a while to work yeah. out who the other players were um mm-hmm. and what was going on so you know that's was, that was slightly different
0: i mean what we used was so we're going to the the details of the technology I suppose. We used Discord for conversation and we used Roll20, which is a website and there were issues with both so it did take us a little while to get started, get everything loaded on. Um, With Discord, you didn't have your mic to start off with. I lost full connection at two points during the night where I was talking and it didn't say anything it didn't tell me that I was disconnected, but all of a sudden nobody else was talking and I had to jump out and jump back in. Um, whereas it's, it appeared to you guys as I was muted for some mm. reason. So, uh, And Roll20 had issues with my character sheet, so it wasn't there for half the game. And It wasn't yeah. until I went through and, and clicked on a couple of buttons that um, it actually started working the way it was supposed to. All of these things are things that obviously take practice. Ah, 100% teething, right? Yeah. So... Um
1: it was one of those. The first one was always gonna be a little bit of a let's work out how this plays and how, how everything goes together and whatnot. And we got there. We did. And by the end of it it was it was working pretty much pretty fine. But it was. Um, I mean we
0: had we had hiccups with technology, we had hiccups with with us as players as well. I believe that um there was opportunities for us to progress the story in a in a really nice sort of tight way or whatever, but we just didn't have... We were still sort of teething, still having that that new player vibe going where none of us could really commit to things. Yeah.
1: So You go first. No, 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 you go first. Um, You hang up. A little bit
0: of of silences on the Discord where people were thinking. And
1: and I think it's also partly getting used to not only teething as a, a new group coming together to play a game, but also teething in... You know, a, a digital sense where Absolutely. you don't have visual cues to to go off. You can't sort of go, oh, I know you're about to speak because you're making the I'm about to speak face. Yeah. Um, also, real life. You know, somebody had kids that woke up and they had to put them back yes. to bed. Very true. So there was there was also a little bit of you know that going on as well. So look, definitely not not the perfect uh, run through, but as a way to, to nudge us back in and just sort of get the get the
0: itch. I was I was happy with it hundred percent on, on a totally level you know- report card sort of status, I was quite happy with it and happy to play again mm-hmm. and but, i think and i do think we do need to play with some sort of regularity to get that the full level of the game out of us
1: hundred percent I think the the telling point for me was finishing the session that night, and you know get, get, but the next day just kind of going. I found myself back on um d and d beyond mm-hmm. creating characters, just just thinking, oh, what if I did this, and what if I did that and you know you, you started doing those kind of things um and you know funnily enough, I was kind of after the game, and I feel like it was partially to do with all the teething issues and the, the getting used to it and also my inexperience mm-hmm. um I was going oh maybe i've maybe i've chosen poorly in this instance <laughs> um. And so, you know, I was, liked your
0: character, but then yeah like a good portion of that night once we finally got into it was this this fight that we had, yeah um and you were. Eventually slinging rocks out of a slingshot or something. Yeah. That was it turned out
1: none of the magic that I brought had any effect whatsoever. And so I just threw rocks at people. Yes. Um, which, look, also has its charms. At but least,
0: you know, I was a wizard and a lot of the magic that I threw at people had no effect either. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that, that was, was just due to shit rolling. It was.
1: Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I started going, oh, maybe I've chosen the wrong. And then I came up with other stupid ideas for characters that I thought would also be fine. Um, and it probably wasn't until now where we started going. Why did you choose this character, on, mm-hmm. on what? You start going. No, this this actually was a good idea. I had this. This was genius, yep. and I I might need to run with it. So, you know, to be decided. Yes. Uh,
0: we'll see how we go. I mean, at this stage, we're hoping that the next session is quite, quite soon. At least you know, we don't want to give it a couple of months. We definitely want to be back in within the next week or two, hopefully. Um, to get us back into the swing of it. And like I said, you know, the more we play, the more we're going to fill our character's shoes, basically. Yeah. So overall for me, I mean, it was, apart from the little teething issues with the um, the technology, I really enjoyed it. Really quite a good game, so.
1: Yeah, completely. All right. I am going to crack another drink, mm-hmm. step one, um, and then we might sort of come back and whether we'll, we revisit the campaign a little bit and just what happened, but I think more about it in the same what we've done with other, the other games. Why would you play it? Why would you yeah. not? Who would it be good for? I think that, that will kind of be the, the wrap-up. So another drink time and then we'll talk. We have once again returned. Oh my gosh. Look at We're this. still
0: here. Like pros. We must be the only two people still here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the campaign. So it was a so-called one-shot. So I think we're just using the same characters just for this quick adventure and then we'll see what happens after that. Yeah. I feel like this was kind of the
1: entree. If
0: if everybody yes.
1: is still here at the end of the entree, then we'll have a, a main course. Then we'll order more. Yeah. So... Um, it's great. It's like uh, you know D and D via Uber Eats.
0: <laughs> Very much so. Very technology Corona based Uber Eats.
1: Look, and, yeah, and that's that's kind of the the other half of where these can, like we've we've all played, and a lot of us have played sort of you know D and D adventures or you know RPG adventures before, um, but everyone sort of a little bit more isolated than currently than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the other games that would involve. You know, actually seeing people face to face and being in relatively close contact to kind of a little bit frowned upon at the moment. So um, just a little. So yeah, this it actually gave us an opportunity to focus on something completely different, and that's kind of the other the other cool bit about um, about Dungeons and Dragons specifically, in that you don't need necessarily to be. In the same room, yep. you know, as is demonstrated, and I know. Look, there's a lot of you know tabletop simulator and and those for other other games. I still don't get it.
0: I, it's, I think, I mean, as as good as tabletop simulator is, um, I don't think it's definitely the one, the one that people go to the most. Like they much prefer to get together and, and play the game rather than hundred percent on computer. You know, your
1: vassal or your, I mean, even though we've played a couple of you know bloodball games online by choice, mm-hmm. I would definitely roll physical dice and move physical models and, yes. and do that. So I think, you know, D is an interesting one because you don't necessarily have the physical models. They're not a key part of the game. Yes. So it's one that translates really, really well mm-hmm. without much lost once you sort of get those initial teething issues yeah. down pat.
0: I'm pretty sure I just said Tabletop Stimulator. It's a whole different game, isn't that it? That is... <laughs> A hobby I am now interested All right, in. the bourbon's working. Yeah. Um, so, Roll20. Let's talk about Roll20. So, it's a website. It's set up. It seems to link quite well to d and Beyond. It seems to be something that, that they put a lot of effort and thought into. I,
1: yeah, and like, as I said, in the you know, novice state that I am, I didn't know of Roll20. Like, I think I heard no. of it. that was about it. And then I logged on. And, you know, it was, you know, I had no fucking idea what I was doing at the start, but relatively quickly, not only was it a good way to facilitate the game, um, but it made shit a lot easier Mm. in that you've got your character sheet with all your character's abilities and the stuff they can do in the game. So me as that character, I can go to my character sheet, I can click on something and it does the dice roll for me.
0: Yes. What got me the most out of it, actually, was the whole line of sight thing. So yes. That was something that I was not expecting, and the fact that you know we had this map, and we had to move little tokens in the map as to where we were going to go, but what that simulated was exactly what you could see. If there was a room in front of you, and you were standing out the door on an angle, you could only see that angle into the, the room, which was something I was not expecting, and really took me by surprise in a good way.
1: I'd be very curious to know how much work that takes to set up. Yeah. Because um, it sounded like uh, there was some scrambling behind the scenes when things weren't quite working as intended and stuff. But I feel like there'd be, you know, it, there'd be a little bit of an investment to to get all that going. But, yeah, we're effectively, you know, when it counted, um, there were maps for, you know, specific rooms and or buildings that you were in and you were, you were sort of interacting in. Yeah. Um, and you'd move your little token. You would literally click on it and drag it to where you wanted to stand, and it would show you specifically what your character could see. Which means other characters could move out of your line of sight. You had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. It meant which happened. Yes, a lot. Um, it would also meant though that you didn't know what was happening around the corner. So you know, in a, a more traditional setting, if we're all sitting around a table. If one can see, everyone can kind of see. Yes. Um, And that's kind of, you know, you either have to explain it to everybody or... You
0: open the door and your whole crew sees this.
1: Yeah. Even if one person's, you know, trailing, you know, Mm. a mile behind everyone else. This gave you individual visibility and individual choice about how ballsy you wanted to be. Yes.
0: Which I loved. I loved that because it was just, you know, I have played using maps and and paper and pen and all the rest of it and using your models and pushing them forward, but this just added that extra dimension for me.
1: I did miss the models, but that's me, and I'm always going to. Um, You can always 3D print them. Well, this is still an option. Um, And if this keeps going, it may have to happen anyway, Um, because that's probably the the one part that it, it lacks for me. But...
0: Um, well, I'm sure, like people were adding. I'm sure it wasn't just Mark, but people were adding pictures into you know what the little group chat or whatever. I mean, there was a picture of a goat there at some point, which you know we yeah. just happened to be talking about a goat in the original caravan and the goat got a lot more conversation than other things that probably should was, have. Yeah, anyone was really intent. Um, so I think, I mean, I'm sure there's probably the option of, you know, if you were to 3D print up a model for your character, paint it up, take a picture Play of your it, photo, that, throw that it could in be 100%. Durable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's definite, definite potential there. Um, so do we want to go through really quickly, just kind of what we did, how we did it, sure. how it worked? Um, technology wise, I said Roll Twenty was what we used to facilitate it. Mm-hmm. Um, Discord for voice—that's pretty much as exciting as it got. Mm-hmm. Roll Twenty—I had not used before. That was super impressive and just streamlined it with everything. Like I, I had you know terrible thoughts before we—I knew anything about it—and we talked about doing this online, about everyone sitting in a room somewhere, rolling their own dice and yes. just yelling out a number. I got a twenty again yep. um, so I mean it kept everyone super honest it, um, and not that you know it's, I expect anyone in this group to cheat yeah. but no. just it's transparent everyone's on the same page um, there's never any questioning about what anyone's doing because the whole thing is done um, and it's based on your character's ability so you don't even have to do the math which I yes. fucking love
0: there's no additions you know, yeah. plus or minus or whatever because you're, the your program does it all for you yeah and if you're going to roll a crappy roll, it's exactly like doing it in front of everyone. Yeah. Everyone has that instantaneous moment where they can laugh at you.
1: Completely. And that's the other thing. Like, you don't have that moment of, I rolled a dice and I know, and I have a reaction, and then everybody else catches on. Mm-hmm. It's it's public. Um, and, you know, people can bitch all they want about random num- number generators. Dice screw you just as much. Yes. Um, an 11- dice are random number, yeah. number generators. Um, so that way, as I said, surprisingly well. I would highly recommend if anyone is looking at running an online RPG. Of, and I, th- I think it, you know, it works with a number of different ones. Um, Roll Twenty was was definitely worth a look at.
0: Well, oh, out of pure coincidentalness, um, I was chatting to a girl at work yesterday, and she we somehow got onto the, the whole D and D section, and she brought up her Roll Twenty and the campaign that she's going through with friends at the moment. And, you know, while the basic premise was the same, I mean, the, the they're obviously, this is something they do on a very regular basis. So the map that she brought up with the pictures of the characters was, you know, 20 times as big as the one that we were using. So, you know, the the scope is there.
1: Damn. So, I mean, effectively, as as we said before, we had a, a very random assortment of characters that randomly met. Random. In um, yeah, this was clearly not not orchestrated, and you know, part of that is part of the fun as well. Yes. Um, but so the whole premise, to give you guys a, an idea of, of sort of what we were doing and where we we're at, um, each of the characters found their way to this this city, and at some stage, part of the city had kind of Disappeared, descended, collapsed, Incloded. imploded into one of the circles of hell, let's for, for want of a better term. Um, and that was about all we knew at that point in time. Damn. So we had no idea why, we had only no idea what was going on, we didn't really know what we were supposed to do. Um, and we were, at the very start, we were sort of met by a couple of characters who basically said hey we're helping survivors can you go that way and look
0: and they really needed the blacksmith and his weapons yeah to to help the survivors out and you know they just randomly had a goat as well
1: yeah the goat got a lot of attention so it it was about you know two characters one had a, a pet goat um so as all amateur role players would do we tried to pat the goat, and we tried to feed the goat, and we.
0: Tried there was talk to about if we were successful, would we get to keep the goat? Yeah,
1: we bartered for the goat. Um,
0: unsuccessfully.
1: Yeah, I feel like none of that had anything to do with the storyline, but you know, it, it amused us. Um, so we went it on. It was our storyline. Yeah, and that's part of the joy. Um, went on, found a blacksmith. He was pissed because he'd been robbed. So then we went on to find robbers. Yep,
0: and pissed because his ale had been taken as well.
1: He wasn't pissed because his ale had been taken. Well, oh, he was pissed, but pissed. Yeah, he was unpissed. Um, he was he, look, he was pissed on, but not pissed off, or the other way around.
0: Either way. Um, oh, that's too heavy for me. <laughs> um, so we agreed. Yeah, we agreed for this blacksmith. We're going to go and find you.
1: Yeah, Good shit. We'll go, we'll go find your beers. Um, and that was it. It was a quest to go find the blacksmith beers at that point in time. Uh, we eventually found ourselves at a bit of a, an old temple-type house, church yep. thing. Um, we spent a lot of time trying to work out how to get past the first room, mm-hmm. um, which involved the cobalt cutting off half his tail and then convincing everybody that it would grow back, so it does now. Um,
0: I don't, was that ever decided? Oh, I feel like... He feels like it's growing back. Yeah. I don't he's know. He's convinced. convinced. But I mean, it's growing back. Yeah, by the time we finished, it wasn't technically an awful lot of time after that. So, yeah, wouldn't have had time to grow back yet.
1: No, it's definitely not back yet.
0: And I really hope it's
1: like Deadpool where he gets a little tail out the back. <laughs> <laughs> Baby tail. Yeah. Um And then, eventually, after we've fucked around for a long time in that room... Um you know, imagine uh, a room full of you know complete novices and amateurs just banging on walls and yelling and, and well, there was
0: a door, but it was very obvious straight away that the door was the wrong way to do yeah. it. And there was an engraving, something about paying in blood to to progress further. And then we kind of got stumped for a little
1: bit. Yeah, we spent a lot of time ticking around, um, and I'm pretty sure that you know with some you know very uh, gentle prodding from yep. the jam in the right direction. We we got through and found some stairs and went down and I reckon we probably took about half an hour on a five
0: minute conversation that should have been
1: yeah. all it talk. Um but anyway. We we managed. We we solved the puzzle and we continued on our quest and the Kerpold's tale may grow back. Um, or may not. Fuck I hope it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um and then we found ourselves in a room full of dudes trying to sacrifice some good, as far as we could tell. Yep. Um, so we did what every good adventuring party would do, and Charge. we... Stabbed them.
0: Yes. And then we had this big fight where dice were going all over the place, but not in generally in our direction. Um, not against us either. But it just, you know, there was a lot, lots of swings and misses. Um, and... I think we we started whittling down the cultists. We did some major damage to the guy who was about to sacrifice this guy on an altar. And then we forgot about him.
1: Oh, we just left him alone, We totally we? We
0: totally forgot. Yeah, it, it. We're like, every oh.
1: single turn, it was kind of uh, this guy just, started, you know, he's just determined to stab this guy with his sacrificial dagger. He's tied up on the altar. He's just going to town on this guy. And we're like, yeah, cool, I'm going to stab this other guy. And I don't I'm know if stop. it
0: was just me, but like I kind of felt like, oh, he's not got much left. I've got the potential to to, do some damage to this other guy because I'm pretty sure that one of these other guys in my party is going to finish this guy off. And I think we probably all thought that.
1: Yeah, and we all just kind of did whatever the hell we wanted to everyone else um, relatively
0: ineffectually, which probably didn't help at all. Um, And then a round or two later, he does what he he was going to do in the first place. Yeah,
1: he summons some kind of demon friend. Yeah. Um,
0: so... And I think all of us sort of just went, oh, shit.
1: Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, I remember him. What was great, though, and I don't know when... I, mean, I he was on
0: the bloody screen. <laughs> so it's it it not he, like he we couldn't see him.
1: Only one on the screen. Um, the other piece that I, I still can't work out where it would have gone right. So this demon gets summoned. The demon just kind of stood there and looked at us. And we stood there and looked at him. The demon ate the bad guy mm. at some stage. So, we did what every good adventuring party would do, and we attacked him, and then he tried to stab us back and i I'm just wondering if there was an opportunity in there to not attack him and somehow
0: as a high elf wizard with a false sense of morals and and you know thought processes you know bartering or talking to the the demon was never on my mind he hadn't maybe done personally, anything wrong, yes, but as my character, I felt I'm definitely one that would attack that thing. Yeah, I, I, I was, it's a demon. We've been talking about hell. I was
1: having this whole moment of, but he hasn't done anything to hurt us. Like, um, so yeah, and again, there's there's opportunity there, and I, I feel like this was a foregone conclusion at some stage. We were going to have to stab the demon, um, but yeah, we did it quickly. Yeah, we, well, we, we tried to do it quickly. We do not mess around with that decision. Um, yeah, we, we put our eggs in basket and we spent a long time stabbing a demon and a fair amount of time being stabbed by the demon.
0: I, f- I felt like the demon went down quicker than, than I expected it to.
1: I feel like we had some very generous damage yes. <laughs> applied.
0: Well, I mean, we rolled dice and stuff, but maybe the demon had less hit points than the demon thought he had. Yeah. Um, I mean, you yeah, know, when my firebolt that I tried like five times earlier in that fight and had never done anything finally went through his head, that was the end of the demon. But I felt like, that should have been the start of the real damage. Yeah. But
1: anyway. He'd only just been summoned. He was still coming into his power. There's a lot uh, of things yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah
0: there's, okay. there's plenty of ways that you can you can describe it and, and talk that through. But yeah, it kind of felt like maybe Look, we, got, we, we got it easy. I anyway.
1: think by this stage it was also coming up to midnight. Yes. Well, there was that
0: too. <laughs> and this was literally the second room we'd been in.
1: Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was the only decision we came to quickly, really. Um, So, in the end, yeah, we recovered some blacksmith stuff and, you know, some of the beer. Um,
0: (laughs) And some of the gold.
1: Some of the gold. Um, And we returned that, and that's kind of where we left off um, that session. So, look, it was funny because it it didn't feel like we did much, but I feel like we spent, you know, a good half an hour playing with a goat. Yep. Um, (laughs) Yeah. There was, you know, a good half an hour trying to work out how to get out of a room, yes, into another room, um,
0: and then you add which on which is that in- inexperience that we were talking about. And, you know, like I said, that that progress from from this one room to the secret door should have taken five minutes if we had any idea what we were doing. But of course, none of us did, and I was equally stumped. You know, I've I've played these games heaps, but many years in the past and i could not for the life of me think how we were going to do it
1: look i, I can't actually remember how we did do it in the end
0: um there's something about the blood flowing under like under a crack in a, and sort of pointed out that there might be a secret door
1: yeah so there was just a handle um <laughs> we just didn't look for the handle um the, and, the
0: handle was only visible after the kobold cut his tail off or something right. it, neither here nor there no yeah you know?
1: Either way, it should not have taken long. Um
0: probably should have rolled
1: better perception checks, however. Um, I feel like there was a little bit of that as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so.
0: But overall, good first session. Good first yeah, session. After the, the couple of teething issues that the technology I has. Like if
1: we run this again, mm. it would be infinitely smoother. Um, so, yeah, session two, I think, will be... Uh, a lot easier to just to dive straight into. Everyone sort of already knows how it works. You yep. don't have that hard you know conversation going. So wait, I roll. How do I roll the thing in this program? Yes. What do I? Where do I click? No, that's not here for me. Uh, you're on mute. It, it was almost we. Ha- <laughs> it's the work video call. <laughs> I know you're talking, but you're on mute. Now take yourself off mute. Okay, can you see my screen? Um, Why are you in your
0: underwear? Yeah. Right, um.
1: So there was a little bit of that at the start, and I feel like it would be um, we'd be able to dive into it a lot easier um everyone kind of has an idea of who's who now mm-hmm. so there's a little bit more of that um and we, yeah we might fuck around a little bit less so i'm, I'm pretty pumped mm, for a
0: little bit a little it, bit it, less it will each be time in,
1: intentional <laughs> fuck around <laughs> as opposed to just not having a clue um a little bit a little bit so you know i, I think it will be all those things that mature as it goes along and I'm pretty pumped for the next session to see how it it goes and where this is heading and how the hell with this random assortment of characters we're going to do anything of use
0: Uh. well we got the owl back that's as far as I'm concerned that's a win yeah so overall you know really happy with it you know as an intro game getting back into trying to get into the swing of things again Roll20 definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the bunch of guys we were playing with were, were all really decent guys. Yeah. So.
1: You, you, you know, everyone just had a couple of beers and they found themselves a spot on the couch with, the, with their laptop. And, yep. and it went pretty well. Um, so, why would you would you not play Dungeons & Dragons? And, Dra- and, and let, let's go a step further. Why would you play Dungeons & Dragons or RPGs in general? And why would you do it on an online channel? Yep.
0: So imagination—that's the big thing. I mean, we're not as young as we used to be. Our imagination's probably a little bit out of practice, Um, but it's got that whole—you can immerse yourself in into something. It's it's basically like reading a book that you've got a decent amount of control over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And as for roll twenty, I mean, that really made things easier. For me, I don't. I'm still fifty-fifty. Like, I do enjoy that getting together around a table. Hundred percent. Having everything laid out, having the people there that you can bounce off. Obviously, that's that's something in itself. But, roll Twenty did everything that I wanted it to, yeah. and and even a bit more. So,
1: yeah, I think you know it, when we look at opportunities for gaming current environment where face-to-face and, you know, groups of people are discouraged if not mm-hmm. allowed, um, it's the next best thing. Um, yeah. And even if you could, right, the logistics of getting everybody into one house regularly you know, and all that, it's hard. Like everybody's got responsibilities and that old shit going yeah. on. And this means that you can literally just be in your own house and deal with your own shit. And if you've got kids that you need to mind or whatever and they're asleep, and you need to be there, you can be there. This is good. Um,
0: it's definitely it's definitely a way of getting people together more often because you know you might have a session hooked up for a Saturday night and your missus is going out that night. So you've got to be home. So either you miss it or it's held on Roll20 and you can join.
1: Yeah. So 100% current situation, but it's an ongoing thing. It works super well. Um So I feel like for those, you know, for those of you that can't get out and game a lot, this is an actual prime opportunity to not only game, but game regularly, game with some continuity and some extra depth. Um, It's one of those things that sort of, you know, you get out what you put in um, as well.
0: It's a fantastic stimulator.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tabletop stimulator. Um, So, yeah, in that instance, and I think you've hit the nail on the head, it is that Imagination—it gives you that little bit of, and a lot of it is again. You grow out. You just don't do it as now. The imagination, hmm. the the problem solving, the lateral thinking, the the creativeness, you know, all that kind of stuff. The um, yeah, you, know, you, you just don't do, and it gives you an opportunity to go back and just start flexing those muscles a hmm. little bit,
0: and having fun with it. I mean, yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but how many situations I've been able to solve in the last? let's say five years by cutting off a tip of my tail is pretty non-existent. So, yes. you know, flexing that, that, that imagination and that, that, you know, story part of your mind is, is a huge thing.
1: A hundred percent. Um, you know, for all those war game players that really get into the immersion of the game and the situation and the narrative, this mm-hmm. is next level. Um,
0: this is campaign leveling up your guys, Moving on to the next battle, but with story.
1: Yeah, and like, so a lot of those games, if we go tabletop, a lot of those games, your Necromundas, your Blood Bowls, your Mordheim's, your
0: those. Warcry.
1: um, Yeah, those those kind of campaign narrative stuff. I feel like you get more and more involved the smaller the Mm warband. So all of those are generally smaller model count games because you can suddenly start getting attached to this one guy that did a cool thing in one game. Yep. You take it next level with uh, a role playing game and all of a sudden there's only one character so they do all the cool shit so you get super attached to this one little dude and um, they're doing
0: everything you tell them to do apart suckers. from maybe dying yeah yeah, you're not going to tell them to die but that can happen yeah
1: um, so you know it, it's also that next level um, of immersion uh, in that respect a narrative and narrative and all those kind of things you know they start developing extra abilities and skills and personality traits that you didn't think were going to be there, but you've kind of, you know, discovered something along the way that's that's fun. Um you
0: can take inspiration too from anything. So I remember my my first um D and D sessions that I used to do. I only did them with, with my best mate and we'd sort of go back and forth being DM and, and just we were pretty much just telling a story, really. And rolling some dice. And and like I said, this was back when I was like eight. Um, and then I started reading Dragonlance and all of a sudden I'm like, I want my wizard guy to be more like the character from Dragonlance and taking sort of inspiration that way. Um, so you can, you can pull things from anywhere and basically create this character who can be an amalgam of whatever you want him to be. Yeah. So,
1: so these are good things. These are things that we, you know, we're saying recommended, um, the other, the other thing I really like is there is still that very random element of there is. It's a dice game. Yes. In, in the you know, there's, it's a storytelling game. Um, it's a cooperative game. Um, so you know, with the other people that you're playing with, nobody's winning. You're working together. So you know, there's a little bit of that, you know, team building and mm-hmm. communication and um, you know, negotiation going on. Um, but nobody's going to win. But it's still a dice game, and the dice can only ever yeah. screw you.
0: And there's, there is that instinctive, you know, we must work together sort of feel too. Like, you know, at one point in the middle of this fight, my wizard was getting hit a bit and straight away the halfling was over and healing me. And I'm like, I didn't even ask for healing. I didn't even know we had a healer. Yeah, I didn't even know what you um, did. So. I just thought you were you know, high. Just that, that instinct was there to, okay, let's all work together as a team. And we're not going to be able to do that if one person's lying on the ground bleeding to death. So we yeah, have to deal with it.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Um, yeah, Bloody so elves! <laughs> there, there is that. There's the. Um, but I suppose you know, it's still a dice game. Mm-hmm. There is still stuff that goes wrong. You try to do a thing, you fail to do the thing. Um, you know, many you, times in a row, try, oh if you mean. But you know, even even really simple stuff of you try to sneak through a door, the mm-hmm. door creaks wide open, letting everybody in the room know that you're there. That that kind of stuff you then have to deal with the situation you yes. put into and that's that's kind of fun as well. So it's not you fail, so attack misses, move on. It's there's a repercussion to your action and uh, now you have to deal with the situation that you found yourself in because you try to do something that you can't do. Yes. Um, or in just today you can't do. Um, so that's part of the fun. But uh, I suppose if we take the flip side you know who wouldn't want to do this like you know you detractors
0: time yeah and like like i said i mean you really need to be picking this game up on a regular basis and you know, working with your group of people as as often as you can to to progress the storyline to you know, if if you come back to a character that you haven't touched for a while you're relearning. You're relearning, and you know half of your first session becomes a recap. And if you're doing, if there's long gaps between each session, then half of every session becomes a recap. And it just becomes
1: disjointed, and it just mm-hmm. become you like you don't have the same experience and the same enjoyment, and it drops off, and yeah, everyone loses momentum. Um, so it is a time thing. And to give you an indication, like that that one little episode, you know, session that we had where we did a couple of things. Well, that was probably four hours yep. off the top of my head.
0: Um, yeah, I think we were set to start at eight and we pretty much finished at midnight. Yeah. so Admittedly, some of that was teething problems, but...
1: But if it wasn't teething problems, we wouldn't have spent less time on there. I think we would have just done more Yes, as well. So that that's a definite thing. And it's not just time, but it's regular time that mm-hmm. you can commit to to focus on this thing. Um, and if you're split between seven different games and whatever else, other hobbies and yep. family and real life, um, that can be hard, hundred um, percent.
0: But if you if you manage to do it, and you, it's really a matter of setting those regular times. Yep. So if you can commit to once every fortnight on a Saturday or once every month on the first. Friday of the month. Yeah, every and time you, you that there's a Blood Moon
1: or Saturn is in Venus yes. or something, you just, you pick that time, right? Yeah,
0: and if you can all commit to that, then that's great.
1: When the the date is divisible by pi, then we play. Um, so, if you can do that, and it doesn't have to be that, like it doesn't have to be weekly. I mean, obviously there are people that probably play, play weekly. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, there would be. Um, and good on you, yeah. I wish I had. Yeah, and. You know, I'm I'm one of those people that is split between too many games, too many hobbies and too many things that it's hard. Um, because that is also time I could be painting, gaming, doing something else yep. as well. Um I suppose the other piece there is a lot of what we've talked about is storytelling and imagination and that and there's a whole bunch of people that couldn't give two shits about mm. a lot of that. Um
0: and if that's not for you then then role playing games are not for you. Mate, mate yeah don't and you know and, and, you're not going to be able to, to roll up turn up roll some dice and do the same thing over and over again no. okay okay I, I miss i hit i miss i hit i miss i hit and there's also End no of story it's, it doesn't work like that but
1: there's no right way there's no best way there's mm. no you know there's no and i'm you know taking it back to a, a tabletop wargaming situation because that's 90 percent of what i play um there's a group of people that try to work out how to be good at a game and they work out the odds of succeeding and how to create the best, you know, army list or warband mm-hmm. or set of abilities to maximise effectiveness. And this isn't what it's about. Um, in fact, having the best is kind of batshit boring because you want those flaws, you want those, you know, reasons to fail mm-hmm. to put you in wacky, fucked up situations. Um There's
0: only so much sort of net listing you can do with a role-playing game.
1: And then you end up with, you know, someone running that as a, you know, a game master, a dungeon master who just goes, yeah, cool story, but we're going to do this Mm. and just messes with all that stuff. So it doesn't go the right way. It doesn't go the way that it's supposed to go. Um, And, you know, some people get enough of that in real life. To be perfectly honest, like it's not going the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. I just want to have control over something. Um, Yeah. So that's definitely not a thing. As I said, in a lot of instances, it's not, well, in this instance, we're playing online. So, you know, that has its own benefits and challenges. Mm -hmm. But it's not one of those, and it can be. So I'm exaggerating, I'm generalizing here, but it's not one of those hobby. Um, heavy things like mm-hmm. you may have a character that you paint up, um, or you create. Especially if you're playing it, you know, on a tabletop or around a table with a group of people, and take it to the extreme. There are people that you know make the dungeons that they're crawling through, and they paint all the monsters, and they go through. And like it's one of those. I suppose it doesn't. It doesn't force you to do that. There's no reason, mm-hmm. except if you want to. Um, whereas with a lot of tabletop games. Like you have to put models on the table, yeah you don't have to here. it helps explain what's going on and, and kind of tell the story, but you could not do that at all if you're capable of it just explaining what's going on mm-hmm. um, so there's no there's no have to here, so there's no the incentive is only because you want to yeah. um, so that's probably the other thing that I saw and, you know, once you've painted your one dude.
0: Mm-hmm. Unless you're running the campaign and you're running it on a table sort of surface, you're not going to be doing much else. No. I mean, I've got, I've got a good mate who's in Perth and some of the pictures that he's been putting up on Facebook of this board that he's been doing for his D&D campaign is just incredible. But he's the DM, he's running it, he's the one that has that control over what the board looks like in the first place. Yeah. And then what he can create and what he can 3D print and after that. If you're one of the guys playing, you're probably playing with one model. Yep. And, and if you're I don't know, lucky if it's the word or not, but you might be given a couple of walls to bank for the DM. Yeah,
1: this yeah, this is the kind of deal. I mean, that being said, I have seen some amazing stuff. I've seen, you know, fully three D printed, you know, dungeon or building situations where effectively the whole lot has like a roof on it, so you mm. can't see in the building, and then, as you move into the next section, you list the roof off and you can see what's inside and yep. like people go absolutely mental, but again there's no it's not it's not needed to play the game um and I think you would need to be very invested to start going down that mm-hmm. route um so off the bat, it's not like the first thing you do is pick up a box of Space Marines and clip yep. a couple out and throw some paint on him as well. So, if that's the bit that gets you into games, it might be harder to get into something like this. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Absolutely.
1: That being said, as I said, it, this was, you know, absolute. Yeah, you know, it was a really good one. Crack a couple of beers. Whack some cultists. Yep. Do some do some wacky shit. Fuck around for four Save a goat. Yeah.
0: Darren.
1: That's it. I it mean, was fun and games. Absolutely. Um, and you can kind of just check out at the end of it, and you've had that little bit of escapism. You haven't had to think about real life too much until the kids woke up.
0: Yep. So, so, overall, pretty much a rundown what we did, what we feel. Um, with any luck, we'll be doing a bit more in following weeks. I don't think we'll be podcasting about it again, but... Well, you'll um, hear that it happens. Yeah, there we'll might be, there might be some vague updates. Um, shall we move on?
1: Let's. Uh, and I feel like there's probably not how much else we've we got to talk about. Just not, stuff not coming not.
0: up? I mean, stuff coming up. So we have talked about Throw the Dice's painting competition, which um, finished up on Saturday. Saturday. Saturday? Yep. yep. So if you are in the area, if you can pop into Throats the Ice, please do so. Have a look at the entries. Vote for your favourite.
1: Yeah. I think there's some videos he's producing to sort of show, you know, who put in what and and the kind of stories that people came up with. So there'll be some cool content that that Rich has thrown up as well.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Um, And again, on a similar sort of vein, there seems to be a bit of that sort of stuff going on, you know, in... What we can only assume another lockdown's coming. It's new. I mean, Melbourne's been hit, so... We're basically Um, mini-Melbourne. We'll have to be very lucky to get out of it, I'd say. So there's a couple of painting competitions going as well. Warhammer Geelong have got uh, squad colours going on at the moment, which goes until the 31st of this month. Yeah, which is basically go in, buy a box of dudes, and then paint them up. Yep. That's Um, pretty much self-explanatory. At the same time, Guff started their four-week painting competition on Friday, which is pretty much the same thing, just have something that you haven't worked on, painted up. So I think the only
1: real difference for for the Guff one, it's just anything. Show them a photo of something that's not painted. And at the end, show them the painted version. Um, For the Warhammer one, they basically, they want a squad. They want at least a couple of dudes, like an underworld warband or something. Um, A squad. Yeah. squad. As as the name implies. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. I think I... I probably should, because I literally have that conversation going, oh, what am I going to paint next? Mm-hmm. So these are good. And these are those things that you can do while you're at home. You can't go out and game yep. or whatnot. Um, and I feel like it gives you a chance to start interacting with the community and keeping the, the momentum going as well. So, Which I
0: think is the whole the whole purpose behind it, and you know, trying to get that hobby in and that hobby motivation to people around um, where – a lot of us are stuck at home and and not being able to get out and do the gaming that we normally would. So let's fill some of that time with hobby.
1: Completely, and like the other half of this is these are the stores that we would normally, you know, that would normally be supporting our hobby, that we'd yeah. normally be going into and buying stuff from, and you know, gaming at and that kind of stuff. And they're you know not able to provide that same service. We're not in there the same way. So this is also a good reason to get in, mm-hmm. see what other people are doing, grab something to paint come in to drop it off, you know, spend a little bit of time, they keep the store ticking along as well. Um, so I think it's also a really good excuse to, to support the local gaming stores that have been, you know, supporting the hobby for what well, we could be in there.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, know, we wouldn't be where we, were. we are now without them. So let's give back where we can. And, and if all it takes to do that is to paint something and submit some photos onto Facebook, then it's What's really your excuse, guys? What's your excuse? Um, I've finished all my Stormtroopers, as I said earlier, so I'm looking to paint up a Nurgle warband for um, for Underworlds for for this Guff one. I, the only reason I'm hesitant with Warhammer Geelong is that it's till the 31st and I know I want to spend a bit of time on these guys. I don't know if I'm going to get that sort of Uh, time frame in. So we'll wait and see. I mean, I might just tell Brendan I'm going to do it anyway. And and if I get it in time, I get it in time. So. Very cool. um, Guff have also announced sort of monthly Legion games and monthly 40K games. So hopefully. They can happen. They can keep happening. So Legion looks to be from the 1st of August. Uh, on a monthly basis, and 40k from the 8th.
1: And just for, you know, observation, so the the couple of posts I've seen about Legion of Guff um, from local community, they're like, if you want to come in and learn the game, we've got stuff.
0: They seem very, in, very inclusive.
1: borrow some models, just we'll take you through games. Like, they're, they're really pumping those guys that are just interested. Mm. Go in and give it a go, see if you like People it. People like
0: me. I mean, I've got now pretty much the whole lot of my Legion models are painted. I don't have the... First clue about how to play the game. I've never played. I don't have a rule book, but I've got the models. Yeah, and yeah, you know, no. something like that is what we need.
1: They're super keen on on sort of you know building a bit of a community. So um, even just connecting online, the the Geelong War Gamers sort of Facebook group is a good one to get into. Yes, um, if you're local, just to to see what's going on and, and meet some people, and just you know shout out for games, and somebody will probably give you a game of whatever the hell you want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's you know naked twister, somebody will get in there. Um, think about it there's definitely I can think of half a dozen people now that would just stick
0: their hand I'm just thinking of whether I'd volunteer or not Um, depends how much oil is involved Um,
1: winter wipeout that's the other thing
0: winter wipeout so
1: throw the dice Um, it's their sort of age of sigma event they throw you know at least two a year there's usually summer smash this is winter wipeout because guess what it's winter Um, sure is it's definitely fucking winter So, a bit of a change from initial plans. It was originally going to be a two-day doubles event. It it was going to be banging. It is going to be a a super fun um, day. So, he's basically scaled it back due to all the COVID restrictions and gone, right, we're just going to do single players. Mm -hmm. We're going to make it a single day. We're going to make it slightly smaller lists. We're going to keep it local. Yep. So, the good part of that is, I mean... 50-50 50-50 split here, but one-day events are a lot easier for me to get to because I can get a one-day leave pass better than easier than I can yes. get a two-day leave pass. Um, smaller games mean that you can get a couple more games in, and it makes a day of gaming uh, a good thing um, and, and something that's eminently achievable. It's less models to paint. Yep. Um, if you're randomly, you know, trying to sprint to the finish line for this because that's on the first of August. Yes. So, not a whole lot of time if you're trying to, to sprint to the finish line there for, for painting. But if you're not, it's not really a tournament. Um, mm-hmm. The other half of that is the Geelong Age of Sigma scene is absolutely pumping. And you've got this really good atmosphere. Um, you know, it's, it, everyone's mates. It's just... It will be an absolute killer day if you manage to get to it. Um, and so
0: much of that is thanks to to Rich, really. He's been pushing it for so long. So... You know, again, support him, support throw the dice by yeah, you know, if and you wanna play, there's an opportunity
1: Is um I think there's limited spaces just because he's trying to keep it nice and local and exclusive, and also you know approach appropriately socially distanced um but even if you you know, can get along, that would be uh an absolute killer event just to be involved in um so can recommend. I've played one of Rich's Age of Sigma events before, um, and they're they're good fun, mm. and it's just it's just an absolutely killer atmosphere where everyone's having an absolute blast. and They're yelling shit across the room, and it's it's that real kind of um, you know community vibe. Yeah, and I think that
0: might be about it. Yeah, I think that, I think that's all the stuff on I mean, soon. It's still everybody's very up in the air, nobody knows what's going on, how many people you can have in your vague vicinity at any one
1: time. So So that is is the thing that's happening. Um, We're going to still keep trying to put content out we're going to play some different games if we can yep um so if you have suggestions requests ideas if there's a whole bunch of stuff that we said tonight that was absolute bullshit and you want to call us on it let Please us know do. um i'm happy to tell you why you're wrong
0: um <laughs> i mean the whole point about these podcast is that we're probably wrong yes
1: no that is that is exactly the point um so super keen to hear what people you know feedback good bad if you know you hate it tell us why Yep. And tell you to fuck off. Um, No, we won't. We'll take that feedback on board and send you an appropriately worded response. Um,
0: Depends who gets to the page first.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you tend to be more responsive than I am, so it's probably safe. (laughs) Um, So, no, it's super keen to to hear what people think, what people want to hear us talk about, play, Mm -hmm. not talk about, not play. um, And we'll see what we can get done while we're allowed.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll we'll pump these out while we can, and I don't think we'll we'll be doing any sort of Skype. I don't think we're that technologically advanced, but um, while we can, yeah, while we can, we'll keep doing it. So um, that's it from us. Keep on hobbing, keep enjoying yourselves, stay safe,
1: be thoughtless, be casual.
0: That's it. Later's. <laughs>